We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Colm Kelly here, the executive producer of the Road of His Radio Podcast Network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean Siegel. The wait is over, the NFL season is here, and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Road of His NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools, and everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL Pass just by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Stay Fun Co. You can find me on Twitter at Stay Fun Co. And I am joined by the one, the only, the Travis May. You can find him at FF underscore Travis M. It is good to be back with y'all. It's been a couple of weeks. We've got some craziness going on in life, but here we are ready to rock and roll. We've got a great show for you. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, College to Canon is a show about the journey of the best football players and prospects from being a college football recruit all the way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Of course, we always talk some fantasy football since this is a Road of His Radio podcast, but we dive into some of the real stuff too. Uh, so, so everyone out there, whether you're a college fan or NFL fan, we've got you covered. Today, we're going to dive into, uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about some some college players that have kind of disappointed uh, but we'll get into all that before we really get going though travis how you doing good man uh a lot better now than i was just a few weeks ago i had a, a pretty significant shoulder surgery because uh, i i was playing flag football like i was 22 and i'm actually 32 and uh, so i basically just uh, broke that in half and so, <laughs> so but uh you know I, i'm on the mend getting back to it so uh yeah, I'm not going to be playing football anytime soon. I am on IR. You can go and, and right. drop me in all of your your uh, you know fantasy rec flag football leagues. But uh, what, what about in dynasty leagues? How do you how do you perceive your value in dynasty leagues? Oh man, my, <laughs> my value in dynasty leagues. Uh, I, my ceiling uh, was probably four years ago, so <laughs> not much value there either. Just dropping all formats. <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. I'm basically Julio Jones. 
Oh, that's sad. <laughs> that made me really sad. <laughs> like, yeah, th- yeah, twenty twenty one Julio Jones and me, we have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah, um, it was crazy. I was talking to someone the other day about Tom Brady. I was like, I can't believe the dude is forty two, and he's like, Mm-mm, he's forty four. I was like, There's no way he's forty four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom Brady yeah. is forty four years old. It is insane because, like, like you're thirty two, I'm thirty nine, like. Jesus, I can't imagine five years from now being able to throw a football. I can't throw a football now. So, um, well, I'm really excited. So uh, we have had a lot of craziness going on in life, as as Travis just mentioned. Um, He's had some shoulder stuff. I've had a lot going on outside of uh, fantasy football, Road of His World as well. So Travis and I have decided to kind of uh, reassess the situation Um, and what we're doing moving forward is something I'm super excited about. We're just going to go back to, uh, for now one episode a week, but it's going to be the two of us together. Um, just kind of cutting it up and getting into the stuff that y'all care about. We're going to talk about Debbie. We're going to talk about NFL. We're going to talk about your, all, all the things you need to know for fantasy football and beyond. And I'm super excited about it. I'm, I'm glad to be able to, uh, talk to Travis. Travis, you are one of the, uh, the great minds in the fantasy football industry, I think. And uh, getting the opportunity to share the mic with you is always a pleasure. So I'm excited for what we have coming up um, in the next couple of weeks. We're we're kind of hitting that um, the home stretch here for uh, for yeah. fantasy football, and uh, I think it's going to be a great time for us to to really dive into some of this stuff. Yeah, well, I'm I'm excited. Just and we don't have to elaborate on it much, but I'm excited to get back to this with with you and I on the same show at the same time. Because I mean, uh, doing our own thing, uh, maybe having a guest here on and here and there, but like cranking out a show by yourself individually is not as fun as getting to hang out with Stefan Luco. So that's right. Uh, it's it's <laughs> good. It's good. So good to be, good to be back. But let's just jump into it, man. Just talk talk some of these guys who maybe haven't done as well. Uh, this year that we, th- you know, that we thought were going to be big smashes in some cases for college football, for future NFL fantasy football. Uh, and they just haven't been. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too. So let's, let's start kind of with a quarterback position. Um, and, and I got this from Debbie watch uh, the ADP. So um, back in June, the QB one and the ADP of 2.5 was DJ Uyunglele. And it's interesting. I'm just thinking back on the season. And I remember that very first uh, game that he played, you, uh, myself, and Wispay were just sitting there chatting about like, oh, what's going on with DJ? Should we worry? Should we panic? And like, we're all pretty, you know, collected human beings. Like, we're not like super <laughs> overreactionary. Uh, but I was. I was freaking out. I was like, uh, what's going on here? And I was told, and I think rightfully so, let's be patient. Like, it's the first game. Georgia's super tough. Let's see what happens. And man, as the season has progressed, like. And DJ was just benched last week um, versus Pitt. Uh, yeah. His season numbers have been underwhelming. Clemson is only averaging 176 passing yards a game. Like, that is insane. Like, it's so, like, this was well outside of the range of outcomes in my mind for DJ this year. I didn't know if he was going to put up a Heisman campaign, but if I had to guess between two extremes, I would have guessed that he'd be a Heisman finalist before I'd guess that. He had only been uh, like he'd only have four touchdowns and five picks, averaging less than three and a half yards per carry, um, and only a thousand one hundred yards this far into the season. What are you thinking is going on here? Yeah, I mean it's it's really odd. Uh, that, that first game, they just came out Georgia did and absolutely smashed Clemson, and uh, there was just never more than like a second and a half 
before DJ was just absolutely collapsing in the pocket because they were there. And and uh, we thought, you know, we, we knew Georgia was good going into that game. But now that we've seen what they've become uh, for the rest of the season and how dominant they've been to where, you know, the only that the, the max amount of points that they've allowed in any game this year was like, what, 13, 14 or something to to uh, Kentucky in, in a last ditch, you know, effort of like basically, you know, the game was over and Kentucky just gets to the goal line. And like, they call a timeout just to see if they could get a second touchdown. Like, right. The teams have basically, they basically shut down everyone. And DJ essentially just, I think ever since that game, he's had the yips. He just mm. has been frozen. Uh, I think he had all this hype surrounding him in the offseason. When I, you know, name, image, likeness stuff went through, he had the commercial and everything, and uh, he's just going to hit and coach to the NFL. I think he truly believed that truth too. And now, uh, when he hits this adversity and the Clemson's offensive line isn't even a top fifty unit, like that's they crazy. might not be a top one hundred unit in, in in college football in terms of being an uh, you know an offensive line and pass blocking. It is it is atrocious. Um, and then when the, with the wide receivers can't get any separation whatsoever, they're all the same person. Like Justin yep. Ross, Joe Ngata, Frank Gladson's just a skinnier version of all those guys. EJ <laughs> Williams, like, and he's hurt. Like they, they haven't had any continuity. And the, and the only guy that they're they're actually targeting deep downfield at all is Joseph Ngata, and he's the only guy having success there. Um, Justin Ross has had volume, but I mean it's just weird. The offensive play calling's off. DJ's off. Everything has been off. So they're broken from here on out until something changes. They're broken. And he's, he's trending in a, in a direction that looks like he's going to just go undrafted unless something changes drastically. Okay. So uh, let's talk uh, action steps moving forward. Um, you, let's say you invested a Debbie pick in, in DJU. What are you going to do with that investment at this point? Do you think it makes sense to just like not sell low because you're not going to get much for him. You're going to like stick it out and see if maybe he bounces back, or are you just going to try to pick up any sort of um, value on a trade? Maybe someone else has belief that he'll come back next year. Do like what? What? What's your mentality here? What are you? What are you recommending people do if they have some DJU in their life? I have some DJU in my life, and I'm not mm-hmm. knowing what to do. <laughs> yeah, honestly, at this point, you have to hold because the, anything that you traded for right now would be 10%, you know, right. of what you probably invested in him to try to go and acquire him. But what's funny is he's had some moments, like he's flashed the, the same DJU, uh, but it just hasn't all come together uh, consistently. Uh, like there were some throws that he made, even in, in the Georgia Tech game, a couple throws that he made later in the NC State game, uh, some throws that he made in the, Syrac- the Syracuse game, uh, and even later down the stretch uh, in the drive, I guess, to, to make it come come back and get within 10 points against Pittsburgh this this past week, it was like, yeah, yeah, that's it. That That's the player. Like, that's him. Um, so I don't I don't know. Like, he just doesn't put it all together. Uh, I'm, I'm still thinking he can do it. This is really his first full season as a starter. Um, we've seen guys be absolutely mediocre for years. And then Kenny absolutely blow up. Like <laughs> Kenny Pickett. Like the team that he just played this past week. Kenny Pickett was not a good quarterback for like four years. He was, he was okay. a joke of the podcast. I mean, he was for real. <laughs> and now he's going to be an NFL pick. So that could happen because the, the, the tools are there. 
with DJ that they didn't go anywhere. He's still got a rocket arm. In fact, it's too strong. Probably uh, he's mm. got the size and um, he can be mobile and has, has demonstrated that this year more so than even last year and even in high school. So I, I'm holding you have to. Yeah, I, I think that's right. What about acquiring him cheap? Um, would you recommend that or is that not worth the risk at this point? I would, yeah, because like I said, it's 10% of what he was two months ago. Uh, and so just like, I mean, all these Debbie picks, like all these players that have very short re resumes and everything, uh, he's like a new cryptocurrency. Like, you know, mm. yeah, <laughs> like he's, you know, he's just, uh, he's just on the downturn. Like he had all this hype and he got, his price went through the roof. His, his market cap went to like 25th and of, of all the crypto coins. <laughs> Yeah. Going off the, yeah. the deep end here with that that narrative. No, 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 I love real it. Quick. But um, you know, and so his I have price the Robin is Hood app. I know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, exactly. But so I think this is the time to actually go out and see if you can get him for pennies. And if he, yeah, because uh, there's still definitely, uh, you know, Clemson is not just going to go away uh, immediately, um, and they're not going to go to Palmachon. Uh It's just not like they tried it for a second. Uh, but really, I think it, that was like the Spencer Rattler to Tanner Mordecai kind of pivot, like just to hey rem remind him, hey, you know, we just got to mix it up. Um, but I think that that might be enough to get him back go and, and going. So I, I, I would go fish for offers right now just because it's, it's so low. Yeah, no, I like it. Let's let's jump into, uh, you know, QB2. Uh, who is now QB zero? Uh, the, the second quarterback off the board in June at with an ADP of three point five was Spencer Rattler. He was benched in that Oklahoma comeback win versus Texas. Caleb Williams has taken over. And I think what's really interesting is just seeing how the offense has shifted since Caleb Williams has been there. If you just look at their rushing success rate, which I know is something that you really care about for quarterbacks, because um, you're not looking for someone to be, you know the best, but Spencer Rattler was averaging two yards a carry just about. He had 40 carries for 86. Meanwhile, Caleb Williams has 26 carries for 285 yards and four touchdowns. Um, I was listening to uh, the Cover 3 podcast, and Bud Elliott was saying how if you look at, like, ex expected, um, like, like, a, like, what the hell am I trying to say? Yards over expectations for, for rushing. Uh, Caleb Williams leads the nation in the month of yeah. October over any running back. And he's a quarterback oh, averaging over 10 yards a carry. He's been absolutely insane. Um, you've got that intangible stuff, like stealing the ball from Kennedy Brooks to pick up that huge <laughs> fourth down. You've got those fourth down runs against Texas that, that, that went huge. And Caleb Williams has been everything we hoped Spencer Rattler has been. So let's not talk yet about Caleb Williams. I think we can pivot to him to talk about some upside stuff, but Spencer Rattler, like he's probably going to transfer. I'm guessing, right? Like, what do you do if you're sitting on some Spencer Rattler um, stock here? Are you, uh, you know, buy, sell, hold? Uh, where, where are you? Where are you going? You're holding here? because you know he's going to transfer. He's going to transfer, and he's going to go to somewhere that's beneficial, and, and he's going to get drafted because, again, the NFL loves traits, and they love. Uh, I mean, you you heard coming into the season, you know, Spencer Rattler just spins it different, man. Like you know, like even even the film folks really liked Spencer Rattler, but from a, an, an analytics angle. He already had like an 88th percentile pass efficiency season with like an 8% rushing yard market share for, which is plenty enough to get at least day two capital, if not round one capital, when you mix in all his physical traits that he had going for him. And yes, he's not the rusher 
that Caleb Williams is. He's not the athlete uh, that Caleb Williams is. And yes, that his, I guess his recruiting class of quarterbacks is looking pretty crappy now, but, yeah. um, but seriously, Spencer Rattler still going to get drafted. Um, you think so? Like you, you, oh yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Like, yeah. But not this was, year, if, obviously not this year, probably, but yeah, he's going to get drafted. If there was a book that just like was like drafted or not drafted for Spencer Rattler, whatever the odds were, I would take them uh, yeah. because he's going to go somewhere uh, and get a fresh opportunity. And regardless of how well he does there, there's going to be a point of, of time where there's going to be a window where his, his value spikes up. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's tough because I think people who watched Oklahoma um, intently last year saw some of the warning signs, but I think as a community, like as a, the Debbie community kind of just assumed that the bad would go away and the good would remain. Um, and unfortunately he just did not make that jump. The inconsistencies remained, the poor decision-making remained and we're stuck with a, a kind of an uncertain uh, commodity here. So it makes me nervous. Um, I have a lot of Spencer Rattler and I don't love it. Um, so yeah. Yeah. It's, I actually uh, don't have any Spencer Rattler. So I, I, I am, I feel, feel bad for you, but I, I, <laughs> For me, honestly, and it wasn't even like I didn't like him as a player. It's like I just watched, you know, Netflix's QB one series, and I was like, I don't want oh, that yeah. brat. I don't want. I don't want him. I don't, <laughs> I don't want him anywhere. Oh man, but yeah, that's a whole yeah. different conversation. Right. Well, then, I don't know if it is. Like, I, I do feel like there's something to the fact. Like, I you just there, there was a shift in the mentality of the Oklahoma offense when Caleb Williams took over. I think the guys like playing for Caleb more than they like playing for Spencer. Maybe he's and, like, you know, actually he's a decent human. Like they yeah. just want to root for him, you know? Yeah. And, so. and and those are those intangibles that are really difficult to, to quantify and like analytics guys like, like yourself. And like, I want to be <laughs> like, it's like, I don't know what to do with that. Like that's something that like those intangibilities are really hard to, to quantify, but um, there yeah. does seem to be something to that. All right. So we've got QB one, QB two that are underperforming. And unfortunately, QB3, Sam Howell, also kind of underperforming. He was uh, His ADP was right there, um, equal to Spencer Rattler's at 3.5. So um, they were kind of interchangeable. Uh, I think Sam Howell's biggest problem is that uh, North Carolina just hasn't been winning games. Um, if you look at his numbers, they're not that different than his freshman year uh, where he had, uh, I mean, I guess his adjusted yards is a little bit lower he his touchdown interception rate is 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 pretty bad uh, compared to his other other seasons, like especially. Um, but what do you think's going on with 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 Sam Howell? Do you think he still has uh, day one capital? I mean, people are so quarterback thirsty in the NFL. Uh, we see all kinds of craziness. Um, where do you think Sam Howell goes? Like, do you think he's going to be one of the early quarterbacks taken? Do you think he's going to be early first round, late first round? What do you think takes place? And then um, kind of like translate that into the uh the fantasy realm for me yeah so uh somehow actually you know i think people got paralyzed and and thought okay his season's going to go awful and he's going to be terrible just based off that first week performance because it was in virginia tech it was a it was a really loud ruckus atmosphere and it was the first home game back in a normal college football atmosphere and sam howell is in this offense full of playmakers that he had virtually no experience with like, you know, like 5,000 yards from scrimmage, 
left from that 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 2021 team or yeah. 2020 team and went to the pros. Like no Diami Brown, no Daz Newsome, no Javante Williams, no Michael Carter. Like all these players that were that were there last year were no longer there. And the only guy who's having any success whatsoever through the air with him at all, even in that first game, was Josh Downs. And Josh Downs is fantastic, but there's nobody else. Nobody right. else on that offense through the air that is doing literally anything to help Sam Howe. And Ty Chandler, he was still kind of figure, figuring things out with the offensive line at that point as, as well. He's kind of taken off down the stretch this year, but the team's gotten better. Uh, Sam Howell has found his role there and, and is, has absolutely gone off since that first week. In fact, right after that first week, he had four weeks in a row with 300 yards passing, 300 yards passing, 300 yards passing, 300 yards passing. In fact, the next four games after that first, you know, one touchdown, three interception performance against Virginia Tech, uh, he, he went 13 touchdowns to one interse- interception in his next four games. Yeah. Um, and so he's he's really cleaned it up down the stretch. And uh, has been averaging like over 80 yards per uh, per game on the ground as well. Uh, so he is the entire offense. If you look at like a percentage of what of what percentage of the offense is just Sam Howe, and it's basically almost 75 percent of the offense. Wow. Yes, he's all, almost all the passing yards, but then he's 35 percent of the rushing yards as a quarterback. And we didn't even think Sam Howe was that mobile, mobile last year. And really, last year he only accounted for like six or seven percent of the rushing yards, but that's because he had two, you know, top 100 picks at running back to, to help him out. Uh, this year, he's just taken the entire team on his back. The defense is terrible. Everything is terrible except Sam Howell and Josh Downs. And he's just being like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to will us to victories. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a miracle that they've got any wins because, and they would have zero if Sam Howell wasn't there. So, so you're not worried about Sam. Not at all. Not even him. like, no, I was after the first week a little bit, but not at all now. Like his, his profile gets is going to be like pretty much perfect now. Do you think he gets taken first five? Yep, top five pick, absolutely. So, I'll just say the uh, from from my reading of Twitter, <laughs> it looks like um, this would be a great buy opportunity for Sam Howell because oh, I think yeah, a lot of people are people, pretty low on him. People get stuck on one performance and like, oh yeah, well, I, I, I guess I can just stop paying attention to him now. Like, people are so overreactionary about it. And I think I mean, that win loss percentage, I think, hurts him too. Like, because yeah. UNC is not covering, like, they're not covering the spread. They're losing a lot of games on the field, and yeah. it's well, easy yeah, and to blame losing games him. They shouldn't, uh, and it's because the defense is terrible, and everything yeah. except for Sam Howell is a joke. Like, and even in games where he's having over 100 yards rushing, having over 200 plus passing, couple touchdowns, and doing everything he can to win, uh, and it doesn't matter because the team's terrible. So, mm. I, I'm not really worried about that. Okay, I will pause the show. I'm gonna put out a couple trade offers, and then when I get back, <laughs> we, <laughs> yes. we can yes. keep going. No, exactly. no, that's good. Um, Sam Howell, like when we did our mock draft a couple of weeks ago, he was someone that I I, I grabbed in that, and um, I felt like you know, yeah hopeful but to your point like uh, i think especially like a random game in october is a lot easier to ignore than a a spotlight game week zero or week one whatever it was i don't remember now um where he just put up a a, just a terrible performance um and just lost in a pretty miserable fashion so i think that's i think that's a really great tip um go out and, and hunt for some sam howell stock uh let's actually take a break right now 
and then uh, hear from our sponsors. And then we get back. We're, we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about some running backs and some uh, other positions. So give us two minutes and we'll be right back with you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome back. Here we are. All right, let's get into it. Running back. Um, at the very top, I, I think there's not a whole lot of disappointment. Um, I think some of some of those early guys, I mean, Bijan has been just balling out. He looks great. Um, if you have any stock in him, you're happy. <laughs> Tank looks good too. I mean, I think Tank Bigsby seems like a really solid pick. Auburn's been playing really well down the stretch. Bo Nix actually even seems like he might be um decent, which yeah, Bo Nix on the road was a whole thing for a while. And now Bo Nix on the road isn't bad and Bo Nix at home is great. So uh that that'll be interesting. Um and then you've got guys like Trevion Henderson, which you're going to have to wait on for, for a long time. But man, if you've got, if you, if you were like, yeah, I don't mind waiting, I'll take some Trevion. You're a happy man or woman. Um, where you might not be happy is with the running back seven. Um, his ADP was 14th overall. We're talking about Oklahoma's Eric Gray. I'm not going to say I told you so, but I might say I told you so. Um, I warned y'all, uh, Kennedy Brooks is a good, good running back. And I don't think, no, no, I will not say that. I will say, I did not think Kennedy Brooks would run away with this job. I thought Kennedy Brooks would be good enough that Eric Gray wouldn't run away with this job. But in fact, Kennedy Brooks ran away with this job. This is Kennedy Brooks' backfield. And Eric Gray is a nice complimentary piece. Last week against Kansas, he had one carry for five yards. 
Now, he didn't get involved in the passing game with three receptions for 42, which is nice. But overall, 47 yards from scrimmage against Kansas, that's eh, not really going to do it for me. So Eric Gray seems to be stocked down. Um, what are your thoughts on the player and the production? Yeah, I, I don't know. With Eric Gray, uh, you know, he, the, the offense as a whole, the, the entire program at Tennessee had been a complete dumpster fire. Uh, for a while and so we wanted to kind of look past uh, any flaws that he might have had or maybe any any hiccups in his production and just think uh that was really just Tennessee and I don't know Mm -hmm. why people didn't give the same grace to Ty Chandler because he's actually faster but that's again that's another I mean you and I did but yeah we did (laughs) anyway uh and Ty oh by the way Ty Chandler is uh, playing way better this year than Eric Gray but uh I digress so Kennedy Brooks already had over like two 1000 yard seasons. So I don't know why everyone was so sure that Eric Gray was just going to show up and be like, Hey man, I'm going to get all the carries now. Bye. Uh, and that yeah. didn't happen. Like Kennedy Gray has like 80 plus more sna- like snaps on the season than Eric Gray. So like, it's not even really that close. It's like a, it, it is truly like a, closer to like a 60, 40 split for mm-hmm. Kennedy Brooks and not, and he's not really involved as a pass catcher, but Eric Gray, um, Man, uh, he he's not going to be able to really declare now for next year because he's not going to get capital. Uh, so he's probably going to be sticking around. I guess that's good for Oklahoma because uh, he's a good running back. He's strong. He's still balanced. Like he, his uh, kind of his shake and bake mode uh, is still there. <laughs> it's just um, you know he's not enough better than Kennedy Brooks to really take the job. And uh, and so yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit worried. Uh, I think if I invested in somebody like Eric Gray this off season, I didn't. I have zero Eric Gray, but. I would be concerned and uh, I would probably look for a, a sell high window where he's got a multi-touchdown game and I'd go elsewhere. Yeah. I think the, the, the situation that concerns me the most is, is not so much Kennedy Brooks involvement in the offense. It's Jeremiah Hall's involvement in the offense and how Jeremiah yeah. is taking touches from Eric Gray. He's not taking touches yeah. from Kennedy Brooks. He, and, Kennedy's and Hall's getting his. Weird. Hall's weird. Cause he's like a fullback. Slash right. tight end, slash slot wide receiver, slash running back. So he, you know, he's a weird guy. But it right. is funny because he actually has more snaps than than Eric Gray does on the season. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it, if that would have been a prop bet, like that would have been what, like plus eight hundred. Yeah. Like, come on now. Yeah, like, this is just yeah. dumb. Like um, even if so- if you list him at a tight end, he'd like be the third tight end on the team. If you list him as a running back, he'd be the third running back on the team. But he's got right. more snaps than Eric Gray. Yeah, it's nuts, and I don't really know what to do with it other than, like, I'm excited about my Kennedy Brooks, um, like, my college, like, my C2C shares of Kennedy Brooks. I don't have him much in Debbie because there, was, yeah. there wasn't much reason to take him with your first four picks, which which now, looking back, was a mistake because uh, mm-hmm. he looks friggin' great. Um, oh, yeah. So, anyway, I love Kennedy Brooks. We all know that. Anyone who's listened to this podcast or uh, the other podcast yeah. knows yeah. I love yeah. Kennedy. <laughs> yes. um, so... I'm happy, but um, yeah, Eric Gray stocked down. Um, I do think it'll be interesting to see what happens with him um, next year. But I mean, what he'll be like a sixth-year player at that point. That's not that late, but yeah, it's not it's not great though. So yeah, it's, things would basically have to go pretty near perfect for him to get day day two capital next year or the year after at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It's bad. Like even against TCU, who whose offense is—I mean, whose defense is outrageously bad. 
he averaged less than two yards a carry on six carries. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know how, like, you know how many touchdowns Eric Gray has on the year? Uh, one on the ground and one in the air. Like, it's just not ideal. Um, let's move on to the RB 12. Um, he was going in the very end of the second round, a guy who probably, um, is irrelevant moving forward. Uh, South Carolina's very own Kevin Harris. Again, a guy I was kind of excited on. I thought while South Carolina's offense would not be very good, it would be all revolving around Kevin Harris, and it just hasn't taken place. And he is not seeing the work he's gotten. He's had, he's had two games with more than 15 touches, um, but more games uh, than not, he is under 12. And he's not doing much with the work anyway. In fact, against Texas A&M, he had two carries for zero yards. Uh, the week before that, he had 35 <laughs> yards against Vandy. It's yeah. just not good. I, I think Kevin Harris was a mistake. Yeah, it's just, you know, most of his production came against, like, what, Ole Miss and uh, Vandy, two of the worst offenses in, I don't know, all of football last year. And so, you know, it, it was kind of like, please just do it again. Like, I, I want to mm. invest. I want to believe. Uh, and as the season got closer, I was like, okay, I'm going to believe. I'm just going to trust this. I actually took him in one college to Canton league that he kind of dropped a little bit. And, um, and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. I'll take that. He'll probably be the lead guy. But they, instead of him being like the, the entire offense, they started off with a legit four way, uh, <laughs> running back. What is that, by the way? It was bad. What is it was, What's it was a like, four way committee? Like that just means you don't know who's good. You have no idea. Like they, I mean, even to, to now, like up, up to this point, they have four running backs, with over 100 snaps on the year, um, and and yes, Kevin Harris is the lead-ish guy, um, but they've kind of gone back and forth. Like Juju McDowell was the guy for a second, uh, Zaquandre White was the guy for a second for one week, uh, Marshawn Lloyd, who was supposed to be the guy, uh, that would have been really everyone's guess. Yeah, that would have like, been everyone's it, guess if it, it wasn't Kevin Harris. Like it'd be Lloyd. Fourth option, like it's just oh my god, it's just uh, that that's a mess, and it doesn't help that they basically had like a. Uh, a grad student that w- was not even like going to be playing football this year as a quarterback <laughs> right, for right. part of the year. So, I mean, that's been a fun story, I guess a uh, fun story a little bit, but man, uh, that, that often speaking of dumpster fires, my goodness. So let's hope, I guess uh, he, he gets back to half of what he was before. Cause he's not going to be that this year. Uh, he had 1300 yards last year, not even 400 total this year. He's averaging like half in terms of uh, yards per touch. Uh, that he was a year ago. So it's just unbelievably embarrassing. Uh, just mm-hmm. just sad to see that happen. And only 10 receptions through seven games is really disappointing too. Because- yeah. And, 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 you know, you would think there would be like some like positive, like pivot player that we could talk about on, on the offense to get excited about. <laughs> like most of these other situations we've been talking about, like, oh, well, hey, there's Caleb Williams. That's super exciting. Or, hey, there's, you know, there's, um, Kennedy Brooks, that's great. You know, this player's not working out, but this one is. Uh, nope, South Carolina's just got nobody. Like, there's just not a single yeah. player that is even remotely interesting for NFL purposes in terms of skill players at all. Right. Like, no right. one. <laughs> oh, man. It, it is unfortunate. Um, let's talk about another guy who's dropped a bit, but the, uh, the case of there not being anyone else exciting in the offense is not true. Let's go over to Arizona State. Um a guy I was super high on. I'll be honest. I was into Diamante Trainum. Uh, I liked the recruiting uh, profile he had. His production profile was nice. He was the RB13. He was going 
uh, early in the third round. And it looks like I, I'm going to say I, because I know you were on the other guy. I chose the wrong, <laughs> I chose the wrong Arizona state running back. Um, talk to me a little bit about Trainum, but then actually talk to me a little bit about Rashad white. Sure. Yeah. So d- d- anytime a true freshman running back, uh, gets some real run, uh, right out of the gate, that's intriguing. Like, you know, Arizona state was weird last year in that they, <laughs> they had four games. You know, like mm-hmm. the Pac-12 was weird in general, and but Arizona State especially had just a very shortened, uh, abridged schedule, only four games. And so, yes, he had uh, – Tranum had like, I think, 50 touches last year, uh, and he was pretty e- efficient with them, I guess. But, um, you know, he was nowhere near as efficient as Rashad White, though, last year. I mean, Rashad White legit had 11 and a half yards per touch a year ago in those four games, and – in his first uh, Division One action, he was a JUCO uh, transfer running back. And so he was a little bit older. And so in Dynasty, we're super incredibly ageist when it comes to our running backs, even yep. <laughs> before they even get to the pros, apparently. And yep. so uh, we just thought, oh, Diamante, his hype train is going to go off the rails. It's going to get crazy. And he's going to be the guy this year, obviously. Um, and it just hasn't been that simple at all. Uh, Rashad White has been the better player every snap of every single game that they've played together. Um, Trainum is good. True. Like this is not knocking him. Like I think he's still got an NFL future. Uh, he's got a thicker kind of more feature back build. Whereas Rashad white is like six two. He's actually taller, but he's a little bit more slender, but he has way more burst, way more wiggle than Trainum, and, and he's got some hops too, to hurdle some defenders and uh, like every single carry. I'm just expecting Rashad white to embarrass somebody. And he does. Uh, so I, I, I like both of those guys to end up uh, finding some some decent draft capital eventually. Rashad White, uh, I think he, just because of where the NFL is going, like a few years ago, I think I would have I would have projected more confidently day two capital for him. But I think he's right on that fringe where he might be around four kind of back. But I think mm. he's that round four kind of back that could exceed expectations and work into a rotation at the very worst as a one B in a committee. If not, if not more of a complete guy who can just split out wide and as in a slot role and do everything that a team wants to ask him to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a Pac-12 guy. I watch a lot of Pac-12 football. And anytime I watch Arizona State, I'm like, whoa, that was a big run. Train him? Nope. Rashad White. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he just pops, man. He just looks different. He's he's an exciting running back, and I think um I think he could be special. Which is which is great, and it's been a minute since. Uh, I mean, Trainum is not the second leading rusher on the team. Jaden Daniels is. Uh, Trainum mm-hmm. only has two hundred and fifteen. Dude, Rashad White has nine touchdowns through seven games on the ground, and another one through the air. Like he is just smoking people. He's averaging over a hundred um, yards a game. He he looks he looks real good. And I think, yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's, and he's an incredible receiving back ride. too. Like he's, yeah. he's in the top 10 among all running backs in the nation of at all levels, not just power five guys, but even the, the overly productive uh, G five guys that just get propped up due, due to scheme. Like he's in that, in that uh, cohort of guys that, I mean, he already has almost 30 receptions and he's only seven games in the, into this season. So um, NFL teams are going to like that. And he's probably going to declare and I hope he does very well because I have an NFT uh, that's just, you know. That I got <laughs> of course you do. So <laughs> Of course you do. I'm, I'm hoping he, he hits because uh, my pockets will appreciate that. Yeah. 
That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I didn't have many uh, wide receivers that had like really disappointed. I, I thought about maybe talking about George Pickens just because of the injury and there was a lot of hype around him. But I feel like it's like a Jamar Chase situation where he's already done enough that I think the draft capital will still be there, even though he doesn't most likely play this year. What are your thoughts on George Pickens? Yeah, so Pickens, I think, has done enough. But uh, I think he's not going to – he has not done enough to get, like, that top 10 capital, of course. I don't think that was your implication, like, with, with Chase. I think he's still going to get capital, but I think it's going right, to be right. more like – you know, in round two kind of range rather than uh, being a round one pick, which I think was going to be his ceiling had he stayed healthy. And, man, they really needed him to stay healthy, kind of, uh, but it hasn't seemed like they have um, needed him this year because they've had explosive passes uh, this year some, but it's, again, you know, against some lesser competition. I think later later this year their need for a George Pickens, uh, George Pickens type might uh, kind of come to the surface. <laughs> Um, later this year, that is at, at Georgia. They've been relying on uh, a mixture of Lad McConkey and Adonai <laughs> Mitchell, which, by the way, amazing name, Lad McConkey, yes. dude. Like, what? What's up? Like, that's amazing. What's happening? Um, yeah, uh, but you know, some other guys that we wanted to uh, go off this year were actually injured. Um, but yeah, I think he's done enough uh, down the stretch last year. People remember him, how you know his slow start when something called a Dewan Mathis was throwing in the ball. Right. Uh, and, and like the really bad version of Stetson Bennett was too. Uh, and so it was just a really slow start. Once JT Daniels took over, his production tripled, his efficiency mm. tripled. Um, and we saw the same player that we did before. Uh, from a film perspective, he needs to really work on his route tree diversity and actually becoming a more complete wide receiver. But he's got all the physical traits and he has that, crazy peak production as a true freshman where he was accounting for like 30% of the offense. So from an analytics perspective, we like him. And I think NFL decision makers like his traits and like what he's already put on, on film. So I think it's going to be enough, but the health concerns uh, are probably going to be, you know, they're, they're going to be a thing next spring, but he's, he's still going to get the capital. What, when you say he's still going to get the capital, where do you think he ends up landing? I think it's probably around pick 50 to 60 range. So still second roundish type yes. pick. Yeah, good enough to project NFL success and, and early snaps, which is what we really care about in fantasy football. So Right. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh that DK Metcalf range, which is still crazy. Yeah, which I mean that wouldn't be a terrible comp. He's not as fast, but uh he's got well, if you keep comparing anybody to, to DK Metcalf. You just can't. Like it's always gonna fall short. But he's he's tall, yeah. he's he's a he's a dominant player. Yeah. All right. Uh, any wide receivers you want to hit on that, that kind of have uh, fallen off? I, I mean, you, you mentioned the Clemson guys, which I think are noteworthy. Um, I remember this offseason. I was like, take your pick. They're all going to be good. If you don't want like, to spend at least up. one of them's going to hit, right? Yeah. One of yeah, them has take to your hit. chances. Frank Gladson's <laughs> going later. Take him. He could be oh, awesome. Man. EJ Williams. Let's go. Ajou, ajou. Why not? <laughs> it's yeah, like. Dakari yeah. Collins. What's up, man? You, you're, you're, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, it's just I don't really know. I I I wanted to get excited about Ross coming back because he was so good as a true freshman. Um, but he he's 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 gotten a lot of volume, but he's averaging like what less than ten yards per reception or something crazy on the year. It's not great. Uh, so 
Um, that's not all on him. The offense has been broken, but the better wide receiver and a smaller sample size has been Joseph Nagata. Uh, he's mm-hmm. the guy who's actually getting separation and, and making some pretty acrobatic catches. And um, I think he's still actually, even though he's kind of disappointed along with everybody else, could be somebody he's not going to declare this year, but he could declare next year and still get that kind of like that crazy peak production season because he's flashed. And, and I think he's going to be the go-to uh, even after Justin Ross probably leaves this year. Uh, so that that's somebody I'm still hopeful for because he's got all the traits. He's got uh, uh, some decent uptick in production this year, and he's the only efficient weapon that they have. Like he's he's been yeah. averaging, what, 20 yards per reception or something, almost almost there. He was earlier in the year, and uh, so he's been explosive. But, uh, yeah, everyone else is really, <laughs> really disappointed there. Yeah. Uh, but beyond Clem- Clemson, guys, um, I think – there's just going to be, there's always going to be a casualty in every single class of Ohio State wide receivers. Mm. It's just going to happen. Um, and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are going to smash and they're going to continue to dominate. Jackson Smith and Jigba has been amazing this year. Uh, Emika Abuka has flashed here and there. Marvin Harrison Jr. has flashed here and there. But the one guy who just a year ago was like the wide receiver one uh, by many people's standards coming into the year for his particular class is a name that many of our listeners might not even know because he's done literally nothing. Uh, and that's Julian Fleming, right. uh, Ohio State wide receiver. So that's somebody who I think a lot of people were still ranking highly. Uh, mm-hmm. I think even our Rotovis Debbie team had him pretty high coming into the year. Uh, but we can't anymore because he's, he's got to transfer, right? He's going to have to transfer. Like, yeah. And maybe he you know, goes the way of Jamison Williams and transfers somewhere and just immediately explodes. Uh, maybe that's the thing, but for now, I cannot, uh, I can't rank him very high, and that, that stinks because he was such a good, high pedigree recruit with all the talent in the world. But it's like he's sharing snaps with five other NFL wide receivers, mm-hmm. and, and not doing near as much with them. <laughs> no, and I mean he's had like seriously, he's had like twenty snaps on the gear. Like it's that, it's that few. Uh, so. It's not looking great for Julian Fleming. He's going to be in the transfer portal here very soon because uh, it's just not happening. He's already been passed by two true freshmen. Yeah. Um, let, let's talk. Let's let's stick with this Ohio State receiving core uh, to transition into the tight end position because another player who made the switch from wide receiver uh, to tight end on that same um, offense was G. Scott, who I was kind of excited about as a tight end, like. Um, I think he made the switch hoping that he would be able to find some more playing time, maybe some, some volume in a passing in a prolific passing offense, which we have seen. Um, yet Jeremy Rucker continues to outperform him. Um, G Scott has three receptions. No, oh, sorry, four receptions. Um, he's only seen time in three games. Yeah. Uh, he has got 43 yards. And, um, again, another one of these guys that I just don't think it's going to make, make, I mean, he's only a sophomore, so there's time. But I just don't think it's uh, it's what what I was hoping for. That's for sure. No, and it's. I mean, I, I love talking about tight ends. I really do. I mean, you and I, you probably know that. I, I've covered a bunch of tight ends. I cover tight ends every week. Uh, even in my Debbie work, I make sure to. Even though there's not very many productive college tight ends, it's just a really difficult position to play. Like unless you understand the entirety of the offense. Uh, for a guy to, to, to switch to tight end is from wide receiver or any position, it's hard. Like even, we, We've seen a couple like in the NFL guys switching from quarterback to tight end, and it's worked out okay. Like Logan Thomas, the most recent big blow-up example. But 
Um, it's not not super easy, especially if you're in a role where I, Ohio State actually asks their guys to block some more. And mm-hmm. he's not what he needs to be in that regard, especially compared to the starter ahead of him in Jeremy Ruckert. So, you know, he's, he's just in a rotational spot. And um, so he's got to probably transfer again if he wants a real shot uh, at, at real snaps, even at tight end, or let alone wide receiver. So, yeah, it, it, that's just not easy to do. Yeah, and it's a shame too. Like, I mean, he went to to school out in Washington when I was like out in Seattle when I was living there. So I was following his recruiting, and um, everyone was super excited for him to go to Ohio State. But I was just like, I don't know if that was the right choice for him. No, no. Um, I mean, especially Man. like you look at <sighs> some of the teams in the Pacific Northwest that could really utilize him. Um, yeah, it's just a shame because he he is a talented guy. Let's talk about one of the most talented um, tight ends out there. He was actually um, back in June again. He was the tight end one. He was going early, early fourth round. So in your Debbie drafts, he was probably being selected even there as a tight end. And of course, I'm talking about Eric Gilbert. Um, And and the bummer with Gilbert is that he has not been with the team uh, since August uh, dealing with some personal issues. So if you have some Eric Gilbert stock, uh, what are you doing with it? Is this just one of those things like you cut your losses or is it just like, hey, I'm just going to stick with it. Maybe he gets some stuff figured out. Maybe he gets back on the team. Um, what are you thinking? And then um, I'd also like to hear your thoughts just about um, the tight end in Georgia that does matter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, I, again, similar to DJ, if you, you know, if you acquired Eric Gilbert this off season or even last year, you spent a whole lot in whatever your league format is, no matter what it is. Uh, so I, at this point, there's, there's, he's a virtual zero in terms of real value right now. So I, I can't move off of him. Um, but yeah, he's probably either going to have to transfer again, <laughs> mm. uh, and, and get some kind of hardship waiver because, for whatever is, is happening behind the scenes. Uh, or I just work for some targets to kind of feed off of whatever Brock Bowers is doing. Cause Brock Bowers for Georgia has become that guy. He, right. I mean, he's he's the main focal point of uh, their offense, like the, the most consistent piece of their receiving offense, and really maybe their entire offense. Because even even the running backs, they're they're doing again because Georgia can. They're doing like a three four way com- uh, committee there. Uh, so he's really the anchor as a true freshman coming in and being the most important part of the entire team like even it's just it's crazy like he's got he's got more snaps than any wide receiver and and because of the quarterback uh, situation this year he's got more snaps than Stetson Bennett like the, he's <laughs> just so crazy I, I, he plugged in right away and had a couple of touchdowns off the bat uh, and he's just been consistently productive every single week and so there's no way that Eric Gilbert's just going to show up and be like hey man uh my, thanks for my keeping my now. seat warm uh, yeah. yeah no I mean and, and that's crazy because Gilbert is a freak athlete, man. Like he's an un, unreal. Like he was the highest rated tight end prospect 24 seven sports had ever seen. And I had all, all this hype around him, but Brock Bowers has three multiple touchdown games under his, under his belt right now. He's got two 100 yard games already. He's already got 25 catches for 400 plus yards in seven games. Like that's, that's more than most tight ends in college. Most, most starting good tight ends in college get in an entire season and right. uh he's just dominated so he's he's behind like michael mayer 
Like, I don't know if I would rank any other college tight end, uh, not Jalen Weidemeyer, not Jaleel Billingsley, because that, that's not going to, that's not even a thing now. Not, but like a bunch of the 2022 guys, I don't care. Like, I'm waiting on Brock Bowers uh, two more years. I don't care. Like, he is, he is the dude. He's, he's tied into overall in, in Debbie right now. Yeah. And he's not a name that was mentioned much. So he's actually probably in like Debbie formats. He's probably not even on a lot of rosters. Like, no, because like, like he's probably uh, and Darnell Washington were there. So it was yeah, like, there's yeah. no way this, I mean, you know, I guess he's a four star kid. He's like a top one. 120 or 130 recruit overall but it doesn't matter because they've got gilbert so you're not going to see the field kid right <laughs> uh but uh nope he is yeah on the field. i've got a lot more i've got a lot yeah. more jake ferguson than i do any, yeah. it's really unfortunate yeah. um yeah no I, I and i think people don't realize a lot of times like how difficult it is to put up numbers from the tight end position in college like you just don't see it very often it doesn't happen. and it doesn't happen and to see to see him dominating like this already um, is is really encouraging, and especially in an offense that isn't like a throwing it all over the field, like putting up like crazy video game numbers with their wide receiver core and tight end core. Like it's it's pretty it's pretty unique. It's pretty exciting. Okay, so we kind of run through other positions. Uh, is there anyone I forgot that uh, we should mention, kind of in this segment? Anyone that uh, you're excited about or um, a little bit disappointed in um, from a Debbie perspective? Well, if you if, if you want to talk about just other good tight ends that are not on everybody's radar right now, but uh, might be out of nowhere, like in January or February, uh, Trey McBride, uh, I think I, I was talking about him a little bit last year because he yeah, literally Colorado State, for, right? Yeah, Colorado State tight end. He's leading all tight ends in the entire country in receiving yards this year. He accounted for a hundred percent of Colorado State's touchdowns last year. And he is their leading receiver this year. He's actually a top 20 receiver in, in, in terms of yards in the entire nation, regardless of position. He has more receiving yards than Don Terrio Drummond, who plays for Ole Miss. Like, that is yeah. unreal. Like, that he's, he's got more than him. He's got more receiving yards than Garrett Wilson. He's got more receiving yards than John Mechie. Like, that's it's, crazy. And he's a tight end. Uh, so, like, that, that's somebody that uh, is not getting a lot of hype right now, but is going to. Uh, get some decent capital next year when it's all said and done. And then another name that I would imagine no one listening to this knows who he is, but Derek Deese, uh, tight end of San Jose State, is a baller, by the way. Like, uh, he actually, uh, it was UN he played UNLV, but this last week, yeah, I think he put up uh, like half a dozen catches and over 100 yards. Uh, he's their de facto wide receiver one. Uh, and he's top 50 in receiving yards in the, in the nation, second among all tight ends in the country. Uh, somebody that I think is going to get some decent look because he's got legit dominant size to be a blocker. Uh, you know, he, he's like an old school tight end that can also yeah. catch. So like those, that's way down the line kind of names, but like they cost absolutely nothing and they're probably not even rostered. They're right. like guys to, to think of next year in leagues that, uh, you know, were forgotten names maybe. Uh, especially Deese uh, for, for San Jose State, but yeah, yeah that's, that's just, a deep cut. I like that. That's great. Yeah, man, got got to throw the got to throw this out there. Um, yeah, and of course, I mean this this wouldn't be a college to get in podcast if we didn't mention Xavier Worthy for Texas. That's right, uh, because like that's just been like he's been my dude. Like I think I have four shares in Debbie and Kent, in college Kent leagues, and uh, it, that's just been amazing. Like one auction I have, league, <laughs> I got him for one dollar. 
one dollar. I have like in in any C to C league that I'm in that you're not in, I have him because of you. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Hopefully, so. hopefully some listeners got him this summer just because that was so obvious. Like once he, like his career, like was like an inch away from being over before it began. Like when right. he was Michigan. to Michigan, and uh, that would have been the ultimate waste of of a speedy playmaker. Um, but then he chooses to go to Texas, and he's the whole offense. So yeah. Just, well, the I whole mean, passing it, offense, yeah. Yeah, and, Bijan, and you could, well, Bijan, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> but you compare him to any other true freshman wide receiver. Oh, yeah. He's got like triple the production of anyone that's even close. Like it, it's not even a conversation. Like he is the number one wide he receiver is, production wide. He wide, is wide. what people were hoping Troy Franklin would be. <laughs> you know, what like, you were hoping for Troy Franklin would no, be. But <laughs> I, I knew Troy Franklin would not be. <laughs> yeah, there you go. let's be yeah. honest. I knew that would never happen. Yeah. Uh, no, mean, this has been more... super fun, man. Um, <laughs> this is good stuff. I'm, I'm glad to get back on the mic with you. Um, this is great. I, I hope you guys listening um, can can kind of hear what we're saying and what we're not saying. Um, just because some of these guys have been disappointments doesn't mean that you need to drop them or move on completely. In fact, some of this um, presents a buying opportunity, and that's kind of what we want to point to. Um, but then, of course, in other cases, it's not. So uh, thank you all for listening. Travis, anything you want to leave everyone with before we uh, take off? No, man. It's just great to be back with you and, and doing shows with you here and uh, talking some football. And we still have several weeks of college football to go. So yep. I will be talking about that and uh, much more NFL as well. So looking yep. forward to it. For sure. Uh, we'll be back with you all next week. Um, I don't know. We haven't figured out exactly what day it will drop. So that's why you should uh, subscribe to the podcast so that you can get the latest episode right as it drops. Of course, we're on the road of his radio main feed as well. Uh, so you can find us there. Um, in the meantime, you can find me at StayFunLaco um, on Twitter or Instagram for that matter, but I don't Instagram much, so don't do that. Um, <laughs> you can find Travis at, under, at FF underscore Travis M. Please take a second and rate and review the podcast. That always means a lot. We appreciate y'all for uh, hanging out with us. Thank y'all for um, yeah, being patient as we kind of work through um, the mid-season grind. We're excited to be back uh, with this new format. It's going to be awesome. Uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy watching football. Um, I think the Green Bay-Arizona game just went final, and I made some money, so uh, we're all happy now. <laughs> we'll be back with you all. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Peace. My dogs are barking. My stupid dog had, like, crazy diarrhea today. My nanny came home. <laughs>
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.